Well, hello, teachers. Welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. Caitlin here with Jessica. Hello. Hello, everybody. All right. We are going to talk about why you have to throw a publishing party. And we spent a lot of time like thinking about this title because it is so important why you have to throw a publishing party. And we're going to make the argument for that. And then we're going to give you some suggestions of how you can throw a publishing party for your students' narratives. So before we get into the episode today, I just want to go back to what we talked about last week. And if you haven't listened to last week's episode yet, I urge you to go back. We talk about two changes that you really should be making in your narrative writing program um, and really how to have a game plan for narrative writing for the school year. And one of those changes that we talked about that you should go back and listen to is avoiding that long drawn out unit where there's no focus. You know, the unit goes on for like two, two and a half, three months. And at the end of it, you're like, oh my gosh, what did my students even produce? (laughs) And so I want to let you know that while that's a very important part of setting up your narrative writing program for success, that's kind of one of the harder things to do is like figuring out how to create a schedule, how to stick to a schedule, how to ensure that we're able to cover all of the narrative writing techniques in an in-depth way for our students. And so our free narrative writing training that we're doing starting on June 25th, mark your calendars, That's one of the things that we're going to talk about is how to stick to a schedule. So we're going to give you key strategies, key takeaways that's really going to help you plan for your narrative writing program for next year. And hopefully that you can use for years to come because you're going to do it and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, this is the best freaking thing ever. Um, So Mm -hmm. mark your calendars, June 25th. That's one of the things that we're going to talk about. So if you were listening last week and you're like, okay, that's great, but how do I do that? That's what we're really going to cover in the training as well as two other um, great tips as well. So just wanted to let you know about that. Again, mark your calendars, June 25th. We're going to be talking about three game-changing strategies for teaching narrative writing. Okay, now that that's done, let's talk about why you have to throw a publishing party. Do you want to pretty, kick us off, Jess? Yeah, I was going to say a pretty fun topic, right? Like who doesn't like a good <laughs> party? Um, First, though, I think when you hear that, like, oh, gosh, throwing a party, that's going to sound like daunting, right? Like, that's just something else I have to do when I'm teaching writing. It's not at all. We're going to give you some ideas, and you can be as elaborate or as low-key as you like. So um, we are going to make the argument, though, that if you are not throwing publishing parties, you're really missing out on a big opportunity to improve your students' writing, to get them more invested in their work, and honestly, for them to create higher-quality writing. So even if you think like, I've got this narrative writing thing figured out, I'm teaching leads, I'm doing transitions, my kids are doing good writing. If you are missing this last part, the publishing party, you're not going to get as strong of writing as you might like. So hopefully we can convince you of that today. We are firm believers in the importance of the party. Yes. Well, because when students, you want to talk about this and then I'll- Yeah, I was going to say- Yeah. I don't want to take your point. (laughs) Sorry. When students know there's a publishing party in advance or that their work is going to be published, they're going to automatically take it more seriously, right? Like if they know there's an authentic audience that's going to hear their writing or see their writing, they're going to be more careful with their word choice. They're going to use transitions to create fluency. They're going to edit their paper with more care. They're going to include more sensory details. Just Overall, they're going to be more cognizant of how they portray their thinking just because they know someone else besides their teacher is going to be reading this writing. It's not just, you know, for the grade or for the check in the grade book. So if they know in advance that their work is published, game changer. 
Totally. And I like to compare this to us as teachers, right? So let's say our principal sends us to a professional development and, you know, they let us know in advance that we're going to come back and share our notes with our colleagues. You bet your butt that you are going to be taking good notes. You're going to be spending time really trying to understand what you're learning there. You're going to have examples. You're not just going to, you know, take shorthand notes and maybe half pay attention. You are fully engaged. You are all in because you know that someone else is going to see your work afterwards. You have a responsibility now sharing it with other people. And so when we have an authentic audience ourselves, look at how much is going to change for us. So put your students in that same position with that authentic audience that completely changes the outcome for our students and the writing that they're producing. Um, So today we're going to share just a bunch of publishing party ideas with you guys that you can use with your students after any major writing assignment. I mean, you could use this with narratives, but you could use it with a response to literature, literary analysis papers. You know, maybe your students are writing expository papers. Uh, Just remember that you need to tell them before the assignment so that they have this idea. Okay. Someone else is going to be reading my paper so that from the very beginning, they're going into it just with a little shift in perspective and mindset of what they're producing. Um, and so again, I just think that that is so key, the authentic audience for our students. Yeah. So let's dive into some of these ideas so you can start using them in your own classroom. And I think it's important to point out that you know, when we're recording this, we're all still doing distance learning, distance teaching. So a lot of these ideas can translate into um, a digital environment as well, or you can just keep them in your back pocket for when you do return to the classroom and you want to use these with your students. So our very first publishing party idea, super simple. You're just going to have your students gather in small groups and they're going to read their narratives aloud. It doesn't really sound like a party, right? But why not? You could bring some snacks in. You could, you know, make it exciting, uh, blow up a balloon, who cares, whatever you want to (laughs) do. But it's just the fact that students are sharing their work and think of all the speaking and listening standards you're addressing just by having them read their story aloud. Totally. And so to adapt that one for distance learning, if you are using Zoom, you can use the Zoom breakout rooms where students, you know, go into the rooms together with a couple of them um, and they just read their stories out loud. And so actually, I really, I'm glad you said this one because it brings me back to, I took a writing 101 class in college. And I remember we had to read our stories in front of the class. And because of that, I was just like, so focused on producing the best paper because I wanted my classmates to see my best work. Like I didn't Mm -hmm. want to show up with something that was less than spectacular. And so even just sharing it in small groups with their classmates is key. Right. And I'm just thinking on the flip side of that, because I'm sure you and I were very different in college. That would have terrified me (laughs) if someone said you have to read your story or your work in front of the entire class. And so like as a teacher, I try to be mindful of those kids that are scared of that. And so having it in a small group, it's like a low pressure situation. I can definitely Mm -hmm. read in front of three other students and it's not as daunting. So I think it's important to kind of balance that out. Yeah. Projects like that, small groups. Great point. And I will say, so I did narratives um, at the end of the year with my fifth graders. We did our unit on the end of something with um, Mm -hmm. Hemingway's short story. And they all wrote beautiful short stories about the end of something at the end of our school year. And I allowed them to volunteer to read their stories to the class 
but everyone also got in small groups of three or four and they read their stories to each other. So you can do both, right? You could do whole group with those kids who want to share it with everybody because some of them really do want to share it with Mm -hmm. all of their classmates. And then other students, like you were saying, your experience in those smaller groups to just share their story with a few kids. Absolutely. And it's funny because I taught that same unit, Hemingway's end of something. I love it with our, um, my own students. And I did a different publishing party for that. So I actually had them print out their stories and we compiled them into a class anthology later on as well. But we displayed their stories around the classroom and we did like a silent gallery walk where for 15, 20 minutes, they just wandered around the classroom and they read each other's stories. And that counted as our SSR dear time for that day. And they loved it. Like it was so much fun to just walk around. And we elevated that experience um, by they just had post-its. And they walked around and we call them glow notes and they could leave a glow note on, I think I said like three different narratives. And it was just a positive comment about the students writing. And I told them, you know, they could not use things like, good job. I liked it. This was fun. Whatever. Nothing like that. They had to dig a little deeper. And so I did give them some sentence starters for those. But glow notes are a great way for students to celebrate each other's work. I love that. And you could kind of do something with that similar online, you know, having that silent gallery walk that Jessica's talking about, um, in, you know, maybe you're even your Google classroom, you just put a Google folder together with everyone's, um, narratives. You just put them all in there and you share that folder with your class and then they can comment on each other's papers with those glow notes just in Google docs. So that's just kind of an adaptation for online. If that's something um, that you're looking to do similarly to, to in person, but in a digital environment. Right. Another publishing party idea is just to invite another class or even members of the administration to come hear your students read their stories. You can split your class into smaller groups. So it's not this, you know, hour long listening activity, (laughs) but maybe they listen to two or three stories. Something to consider too, if you work at, you know, a K through eight school is if your students are writing narratives, they don't always have to be, you know, at the seventh grade level, you could have them write a children's story and then read to the first or second graders or even third graders. So they love just reading to someone outside of their class, someone different. I think that's the key there. It makes it a little bit more exciting. Yeah. And while that one can't totally be adapted for distance learning, I guess you could have your kids record themselves reading it um, and share with your admin or share with another class. Obviously, make sure you are following all of the privacy issues and policies that your uh, school has in place. Don't take any advice from us in terms of legality of recording students because it all depends on your location. For sure. And these next two publishing party ideas actually do have to do with recording. So again, just be mindful. Keep that in mind. Yes. Follow your school policies. (laughs) Yes. Um, So first, Use Flipgrid, right? Have students record their stories using Flipgrid and then classmates can leave comments and um, again, glow notes, positive comments to each other and any questions they might have. It just kind of gets the conversation rolling about narratives. And the last publishing party idea, I love this one. Um, We've mentioned it on the podcast before, but actually it's not the last. Sorry, we have a bonus (laughs) one. Um, But it's to use the app Book Creator. And students can record their stories. I've used this with my own students. It's absolutely amazing. They can, um, they type in their story and they decide what goes on which page. They can do different fonts, different styles. They get to be like a little designer. They can drag and drop images. It's so much fun. And what's really cool about Book Creator is that you can choose the audience you want to share with. So it could just be in your classroom or you can share it with, you know, 
your admin, parents, guardians, whoever, or there's even like a very public option and kids can just post their stories on the book creator website. Again, check privacy policy at your school. But right now it's really cool with distance learning is um, book creator is offering free webinars for teachers for how to use book creator in the classroom. It's super easy, but you're going to get so many good ideas. There was one on there. I was on it recently and um, they were talking about how to create like special graduation books using book creator right now. And it's, that's so great for, you know, your eighth graders who might be graduating and not getting those experiences, those ceremonies that they typically uh, participate in. So just an idea, go check out book creator. It's awesome. 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 Yeah. And we'll include that link for you guys in the show notes too. So you can just click on that and head over there. No problem. Yeah. Um, so the bonus one, which is a really fun one. I think we talked about this a couple episodes ago, um, but you can choose one of the publishing suggestions that we just talked about and then have your students save digital copies for their stories. So if you're doing this in class, you know, and they've maybe handwritten it or they've written it on their computer and it's not necessarily in Google Docs or somewhere online, have them save a digital copy. And then you can use the site futureme.org, have students cut their, you know, copy and paste their essays from Google Docs into this app or this website rather. And then students' stories will be automatically emailed to them five years from now. And like, and you can how actually cool is that? pick if you want it one year from now or 10 years. So it doesn't have to be five. Five years. Kind of That's nice. how we used it with um, yes. our EB Teachers Club resource that mm-hmm. we just pu- pushed out in May. Um, but yeah, so you could not tell them that you're doing this and it just shows up in their email inbox or you can tell them obviously and they can send it to themselves. But I just think that would be so cool. Like five years from now or 10 years from now would be insane, right? If you were in eighth grade, you'd get it when you're like 24. You would have completely forgotten that that existed. And then you get this email from the past from your 14 year old self. I just think that that's really cool. For sure. So we hope you're inspired with these publishing party ideas and that you try one. Again, you're going to see such a difference in your students' writing abilities when you just let them know in advance that they are going to have an authentic audience reading or listening to their work. It truly makes the world of difference. Yeah. And when you do do this, because you're going to, (laughs) come back and let us know. Let us know, you know, on Instagram, tag us on Instagram. If you do it with your students, we would love to know your experience with it. Um, And then before we go, I just want to remind you about our free narrative writing training on June 25th. Mark your calendars. We'll be sharing the link with you to sign up soon and reserve your free spot. It is three game-changing strategies for teaching narrative writing. And in the meantime, we have an awesome free writing guide. If you haven't downloaded it yet, it is called how to get your students mastering the writing standards. Go to ebacademics.com forward slash writing guide. It's filled with tips, strategies, ideas for every single one of those writing anchor standards for common core ELA. So it's fantastic. Go download it. Let us know what you think about it. Um, and we'll see you guys next week on the podcast where I think we're going to be talking more about narratives. We're just all about the narratives over here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, you guys, we'll see you next week. Have a great week.